Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, podcast listeners. This is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. Well, today's guest is the best-selling author of Love and Respect, Dr. Emerson Egrich. He's got a new book out titled Before You Hit Send. Today, you get to learn about the four things you must ask yourself before you hit that oftentimes catastrophic send button. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with my co-host, Seth Johnson. And on the phone... We have Dr. Emerson. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you so much. And Seth, I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> For sure. And I just want to apologize up front that, you know, not a lot of people know this because I speak for a living, I do radio, but I actually had a severe speech impediment and was in speech therapy through the eighth grade. And uh, Emerson, your last name is killing me. <laughs> I can't get it. Well, you, I practice. You know, you've done it. You've done it beautifully, Eggerich. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. No, that's great. It doesn't seem proper when I say it, so I've, <laughs> I've just decided to go with Doctor Emerson. <laughs> no, that that works well. And there are people who did not have a speech impediment and can't say it. Yeah. In fact, I stumbled. I stumbled across it for years, and I was born with it. <laughs> it's probably what helped you become such a great order and, and teacher, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I joke about the fact that my name is Emerson Edwin Egrich Jr., and by the time I got my paper signed in third grade, recess was over. <laughs> that is perfect. Well, let me ask you, Emerson, what what inspired you to write before you hit send? Well, years ago when I was in college, uh, I heard a chapel speaker um, make the statement, and I don't even remember who it was and can't even remember their face, but they said, before you communicate, ask three questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And at that time, he attributed it to Socrates, though there's no direct quote, as I understand it, from Socrates. And that really just impacted me. I was probably 19, and uh, I was just coming out of a military school from 8th grade to 12th grade, and then I went to Wheaton College, and this was all new to me. I'd been a Christian a couple years, and um, I wanted to communicate well, and somehow that just resonated with me. And then over the years, I've applied this, and it's really helped me immensely. And when I haven't applied those three questions, it certainly hasn't led to, you know, times of healthy communication. And then over the years, I added a fourth, 
which I call clear. Is it clear in that there are many times that, you know, I thought I said that which was true and thought it was, you know, kind and thought it was necessary, but the person on the other end didn't uh, clearly understand what my point was. So for me, these four, is it true, is it kind, is it necessary, is it clear, helps me before I communicate, whether it's in writing, you know, it's text-to-text, voice-to-voice, face-to-face. Because there, there was a woman who said, you know that little thing in the back of your brain that tells you not to say something before you say it? Yes. I said, yeah. I, I don't have that little thing, she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually really like these four because it's so practical and, and it's so immediately obvious how asking yourself those questions before you try to communicate with someone would significantly improve what you're about to say. But Emerson, unfortunately, you said something here in your kind of opening dialogue that I have to follow up with. Uh oh. So what this, is it? this is this is your fault. But you were in military school from eighth grade through twelfth. Correct. How does how yeah. does one end up like I don't know if I've ever spoken to someone. What'd you do? Who did? Yeah, it's like usually it's it's kids who got in trouble end up in military school, or at least that's the right. threat. It's the threat from many parents. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a good threat, and they should use it when they can. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know that we had family challenges. Uh, my mom and dad um, divorced when I was one. They fortunately remarried each other, uh, and then they separated for five or six years. And um, my dad attempted to strangle my mother. Um, he later committed adultery. We were not Christ followers. Uh, my freshman year at Wheaton. My um, mom received Christ, my sister received Christ, my brother-in-law received Christ, and my dad received Christ, so we changed. Wow. wow. But I think the family family of origin issues you know, were such that I refer to myself sometimes as the wounded healer. But the military school, uh, mom was a very successful woman. She had three businesses. She taught acrobatics, tap dancing, swimming, and she just sensed that there was a collision course probably with my dad. And she looks back, and she just senses God was directing her, even though she didn't know the Lord personally. She attributed, she just sensed. And, um, you know, I may have been in an orange jacket, you know, rather than, you know, in the ministry. But I I look back as well. I think God just orchestrated it for me. And uh, those were the five years that really, I think, changed my course and helped me in immeasurable ways. And not everybody who went to military school had problems. There were a lot of kids from other countries whose parents were ambassadors, that type thing, and they sent them uh, to the military school. You had highly academic kids that needed the discipline. So we had a we had and some guys that would clean their fingernails with machetes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what out of curiosity, what you know, looking back on those years, what was kind of maybe the big thing that influenced you to who you are today going through military school? Oh, that's an excellent question. I think I think discipline, you know, I could tell you what I did from 6.20 in the morning till 9.45 at night every five minutes. And so I think those five years, you know, certainly uh, instilled in me discipline. But also I think, you know, you could work hard and achieve something, and you kind of work toward your senior year, and they rewarded good conduct. You got medals. And I, I think it just kind of fit my personality. If I worked hard, you know, you got justly treated and rewarded and um you know, you look back and you think, man, why didn't I quit? Why did I stay there? And I, I don't really have an answer for that. I just, I just knew I needed to be there, and they rewarded you for doing well. And uh, so I think that also was a factor. Work hard, and good things happen. Wow. I'm, 
Just hearing you say that, I'm realizing that both Seth and I's parents definitely should have sent us to military <laughs> <Right>. school. <laughs> that that discipline could have paid off in dividends at this point. <laughs> we might have a, a a much more significant podcast listenership had we yes had the yes. The, the work ethic instilled early on. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, Michael, you still have one at home that. That's true. It's not in college yet. That you could send, you know, to military school. I have a 15 year old. Maybe Emerson, you could make a recommendation. <laughs> yes, I get it. I now, get it. Now let no. me. I, I am also just curious because I don't think you and I have ever met in person. I hope I'm not forgetting. No, I, I don't think so. I've known of you through the years. You're um, you're not infamous. You're famous. Yeah. <laughs> It might be a little of both, Emerson. It could be a little of both. Did you ever get to? I I think you and my father may have done some events together. We did. Okay. Yeah, AACC. I remember having the privilege of meeting your dad years ago. American Association of Christian Counselors, and uh, he is an individual that influenced me greatly in the early years of thinking about male and female dynamics. And of course, your dad, you know, set the stage for that. So you know, we're indebted to your father and all that he. Uh, did for so many, and certainly for me. Yeah, we certainly are. He left quite a beautiful legacy, and it's an honor to keep going and following in those footsteps. And and then I get to call people and get interviews with mega stars as yourself. Well, yeah, no, that's kind of you to say. It's untrue. I mean, it's untrue. It certainly is kind. It certainly wasn't necessary, but I enjoyed it. But well, it was clear. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to follow your advice. Yeah, exactly. So, That's I, good. That's so, good. So let me ask you, getting to the book, before you hit send, um, what are, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as I was looking it over, uh, what are some of the factors in, in someone's life that would lead them to hit send when they shouldn't? You know, so I know there's people listening going, yeah, I've done that. Done that, yeah. And, and so where where do you kind of think that comes from? Well, I think anger is is the thing that drives most of us. I mean, um, all of us know that you know we we people hurt us, they offend us, uh, they treat us unjustly, they dishonor us. There are a plethora of things that happen to us, as I say, they step on the air hose, as as we've used that expression, right? And so there is this uh, default reaction. You know, you can't treat me this way, and I'll give you a piece of my mind. Although one person said to me once. You can ill afford to lose what little you do have, Emerson. You know, <laughs> so you know. In that regard, you got to be guarded. But I think anger, Michael, is really what I think drives us because we're hurt. We most of us are insecure. You know, we have these vulnerabilities, and somebody mistreats us, and uh, we think this is the way we need to even the score and teach them a lesson that they ought not to, you know, treat us this way. And uh, of course, it never works. When I send an email or anything in anger and, you know, I'm going to show them they can't treat me this way. Very few people receive it. You've got to be dealing with an extremely mature person who says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't intend to do that. Please forgive me. I I will make that correction. I hope that you'll not hold this against me. I mean, that just doesn't go down that way. Instead, it it creates this cycle of reactions, and now now we perhaps have an enemy, particularly we really go off on them. And you can do it at the counter, at the grocery store. You can do it you know, uh, when talking about the worship style at the church over yeah. the church potluck, I mean, it, it can happen in any setting. We all know it. I mean, this isn't novel information. You know, one of the things that, that we are doing in this book is returning to the fundamentals. You know, it was Vince Lombardi who said, 
he needed to go over the basics every football season, the great coach for the Green Bay Packers, and he said he needed to start every year with the fundamentals. So he'd hold up a football and say, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> you, you can't get much more basic than that. Right. And I kind of envisioned some big lineman saying, hey, coach, can you go a little slower? When it comes to communication, you know, all of us kind of know this. We know I should say what's true, kind, necessary, clear. It's not anything that we don't know. But what we know and what we do are two different things. You know that book years ago, Everything I Needed to Know for Life I Learned in Kindergarten? Well, you know, there's some great truth in that. You know, it's not a matter of learning something new. It's a matter of practicing what we do know. And uh, But anger is the issue that really takes us under. And I would love to hear what you think about your own question. Yeah, well, and I'm thinking right now, because that's so interesting that we hit send when we shouldn't from unresolved hurt, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, and it's really, you know, it, it feels like the source is that selfishness that we all struggle with. And it gets down to the, and you just said it, it gets down to our actions. And that's what's sad for so many of us is we, we do, we know what to do. It's we lack the courage or we lack the, the strength to be able to do the right thing when it's difficult. I also feel like with this day and age in, um, you know, all, all the ways that we're connected with technology and social media. Um, I, I say connected, though there's actually a disconnect as well. So it makes it easier to text out, type out these things that I wouldn't necessarily um, blurt out in person as well. Because there, since there is a disconnect, there's not immediate recourse for someone. Like if I was, you know, talking to either of you gentlemen face-to-face and I say something you know, offensive, like there could be several recourses you have, including physical, especially a guy who went to military academy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And so, right. Yeah. Uh, it with, with the technology and whether it's, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, uh, this disconnect where there's not necessarily an immediate uh, recourse. So people don't, uh, won't consider that as often. So they'll just, will will text out, blurt out, hit send, um, instead of thinking through, but so like we've we've yeah. definitely all done that. So then, then how how are some ways that someone can repair that damage if they've pressed in when they shouldn't have? Well, and I'd love to comment on that, but trailing on your point, I think we've come to a, a place in our culture where we're not neighbors looking at each other over the fence, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have that uh, daily interaction with each other. And so I think it raises the question, do we really believe that there are consequences, negative consequences to our reputation, to our credibility, if we hit sin in a state where we say something that's not totally true, it's certainly not kind, it's not loving, it's rude, you know, it really wasn't necessary, it was a pile-on of stuff that I didn't need to communicate, and, and I'm so upset, I'm so, 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 you know, straight, I can't see, you know, so mad, you know, straight kind of thing, mm-hmm. that you're, you're just out of control. And uh, we do that in part for, I suppose, two reasons. One, I'm going to punish them and teach them a lesson they can't do that. Uh, but there are serious consequences when you're face-to-face with an individual doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, we have to come to that point where we say, yeah, I may feel good for the moment, 
but how important is my reputation? How important is my credibility in the community that I live? And I'm going off half cock like this. You will pay a price. There is a price that we will pay, and we can comment on that in a moment. But to the other side that you're saying, we no longer believe there is any consequence, that there is any accountability. I can be in L.A. and get on some social media and uh, just, you know, come uncorked at somebody in New York, and I, I don't interface with them. I may never see them uh, and certainly may never interact with them again. So we feel somewhat isolated, and we think that isolation will protect us. Right. But one of the points I make in the book is World Wide Web means worldwide. Yeah. And, yeah. and nothing is now lost, basically, and you can't really delete it. They can still retrieve it. Social media means it's social. And we're seeing the consequences across the board, whether you're an NBA wife making some tweet that goes out to 400,000 people, whether you're applying to um, Cisco, you know, there is a story of the woman who went on the Internet, Facebook, and said, you know, i got to drive 45 minutes to this stupid job in San Jose. You know, the money's good, so that's why I'm going to do it. Well, somebody wrote back and said, we are adept on the web here. Tell us who you're manager is going to be, and we'll relay to them that you hate the job that you're about to begin. Well, they didn't get the job. Or the woman who, you know, would get on the airplane to go to Africa who said, you know, some comment that was interpreted as racist, and she lost her job when she got off the airplane because it went viral. There's a price to be paid, and I think one of the challenges that I'm extending to all of us is you can't speak in a bubble anymore. Everything in some ways we speak is is going to be recorded, and it could be reported, that's why, you know, I, I begin the book by quoting an individual that talked about some of the political things, you know, dance like no one's watching, but write emails as though it's going to be a, in a deposition. And we each have to then remind ourselves of that, that we're not in isolation, and uh, we have to care enough about ourselves. But then beyond that, we are Christ followers. Jesus said every careless word we'll have to give an account for. And I take our Lord's words very seriously, that everything I say that's careless, you know, I'm going to have to give an account for it. And he said that as an incentive for us to be very guarded, because ultimately the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart, and other individuals are not causing me to be the way I am. The truth is they're revealing who I am. It is. And, you know, what, what blows my mind are the things that people put out there. It, it my actually I was even talking about this interview this morning. Uh, you know I I took care of my father uh, his last year and a half of life, and so my mother was here and she chose to stay on. So my mother lives with us, and and we were talking about this morning, and she was stunned to find out that people lose jobs, people don't get jobs because of what they're posting mm -hmm. on social media. And Emerson, do do you think? Because it kind of struck me. It feels like maybe as a society here in America, for sure, that we're, uh, too many of us are lacking emotional intelligence. Because it feels like this is a mo an emotional intelligence issue. You know, that ability to, to think in the future, to go, how is this going to impact me? That there's really a lack of emotional intelligence. What do you, would you agree? Oh, do you think I'm, mean, an I, I'm an idiot? Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right on. And um, exactly, I mean, the question always arises, why do we lack such simple wisdom on some issues that otherwise would be viewed as quite simple? And I think uh, I, I was talking to a businessman the other day, and, and he says among his business associates and, and women who are irons well, they look at a person's Facebook before they hire someone. 
Yeah. And this is becoming one of the criteria that they use to determine whether or not they're going to, you know, let this person be employed with them. That what we're doing out there is mattering. And I think people are waking up to this. And I think part of the challenge is, I think we saw through the last political cycle that um, bullying, um, misleading statements, people are saying you can make that kind of statement and succeed. So each of us has to come to a point where we ask ourselves, do I really believe that if I uh, am less than truthful, that I'm bullying and unkind and rude, that I'm saying things that really aren't necessary and certainly may be confusing in the sense that I'm evasive, that that's going to lead to my success? And unfortunately, there are individuals who say, absolutely, absolutely, I believe that I should be uncivil. In fact, I believe you should be civil toward me. But if I don't think that you're part of the right storyline, if you're not part of my narrative, I have every right to be rude, uncivil to you. And this is where we're at as a culture. And I'm saying it ain't going to work long term. You can, it can be successful for a period of time, but you cannot sacrifice these. So each of us has to decide on my watch what am I going to do? How am I going to conduct myself? Who is going to be my model out there? And I come back to the Socratic method of asking the question, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it clear? And if you ask that before you hit sin, or as you talk to somebody that you care deeply about, to get yourself ready for that, everything's going to be okay. Otherwise, you're going to just rupture relationships, lose your credibility, Mm -hmm. and may not get hired. But other than that, there's no price to pay. Well, and what's crazy to me are the are the folks that claim to be disciples of Christ. You know, one of the things as the social media thing was blowing up and I'm trying to raise three kids in this social world that I that I emphasized over and over and over again was Christ said the two most important things in life are to honor God and honor others. And and that's really what you're helping people get down to with is it true, kind, necessary and clear? If, if you answer those questions and it can be and they're positive, so yes, 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 and yes, then really what we're doing is we're honoring God and honoring others. Yep. Well, and I think to that point, uh, as I have interacted with the people, we're not telling people to keep their mouths shut. We're encouraging them to actually open them, that you care enough about people to communicate what is true in a kind way, in a clear way, because it's necessary. And you care enough about the truth and you care enough about people that you'll speak. And there are a whole lot of passive people out there who ought to be hitting sin because they operate according to those four. And I give a big thumbs up. Proceed. Please proceed. The other person may not receive it, but you need to proceed. But the rest of us who are violating one of those, and all you have to do is violate one of them, you're you're probably not going to be effective. And what my desire here isn't to shame people, but to help them be more effective in getting the message through the other person that they want to get through. And somehow we think we're going to be more effective if I hedge on the truth, if I'm rude and bully the person, I throw in a whole lot of other stuff. And one more thing, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And and I don't, I don't take enough time to really clarify my assumptions or to even ask the question whether or not they know what I'm talking about. And I've made all these mistakes, and that's the challenge. And in the book, I unpack... Why is it that we would say things that aren't true? Why would we say things that are unkind? Why would we say things that are unnecessary? Why would we say things that are unclear? And there are actually uh, full explanations for this because sometimes we're not paying attention. Our hearts are in the right place. We have goodwill. We're not evil-willed individuals. We're not Hitler's distant cousin. But we are, in fact... Uh, goodwill people who want to do what's right, but we have these moments of offense, we're hurt, and we kind of let it out, 
and and I address, I address what would be the temptation that would contribute to me violating one of these four things when I know deep in my heart this is a football. Well, and, and let me ask you because you you brought it up. The the you know the big goal is not just those four things, but it's also to start a conversation. So, what do you say to the person that is fearful, and they're scared to be to be true, kind, necessary, and clear with those with their spouse, with their children? How do you encourage them to actually do it and hit send? Well, and and that's. Uh, one of the descriptors we talk about: Why would a person lie? Well, I'm afraid of the of the truth. I'm afraid of the consequences. Or, you know, I'm really uh, I'm pr- trying to protect the other person. I'm afraid that if the truth comes out about them, they're going to end up having severe consequences. I mean, fear is one of the major reasons that people are untruthful. It's not because they really want to lie, but that fear is there. But you have that fear also that drives them not to be truthful. And uh, that's where you, in the book, we, we challenge people that we've got to get in tune with this. If I'm afraid of the truth, for whatever reason, then I've got to come to grips with the question, well, why? Why am I afraid of the truth? And do I really believe that if I'm misleading, that I lie, or I only tell part of the truth, that that's somehow going to protect me from being afraid. And, of course, that's not the case. There are the truth always comes out. At some point, it will come out. And uh, the humiliation, I mean, I talk about Lance Armstrong, um, you know, who I admired and I believed mm-hmm. all those years, as I think most of us did. But he simply lied year after year about the doping and drugging. And uh, the consequence of his actions, you know, he'll never recover from that. And uh, all of us were so sad. But you can you can get away with it for a while. Is the point that I make in the book. Right. But eventually it comes out, and when it comes out, you can't go back. You simply can't go back. So my challenge to the younger person listening: make a decision up front. Don't be influenced by people who seemingly are succeeding by compromising on these four areas. You do what's the right thing. In the long run, you'll you'll die a happy person. And you do this in violation of these, you will not die a happy person because almost everything gets exposed. And particularly now, if you're on the social media to the point we're making earlier, it's not being deleted. It's going to be out there somewhere. There are machineries in place that are collecting that stuff. And uh, we just need to be prudent. But beyond that, we who love the Lord know that he was very clear. Every careless word that we speak, you know, we have to give an account for. And if we love him and know he loves us, then we need to say, okay, what does that mean? How do I do that? And this book is addressing that and giving you a guideline and a checklist. And you could just say, hey, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it clear? Check, 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 send. Matt, thank you so much, Emerson, for, you know, when, when sometimes I think we look at social media and when we click send is not that big of a deal. But I think with this, before you hit send, you've helped people recognize actually the massive importance of how we interact how we communicate especially through social media through email through text that it matters and you give such a clear precise easy way to be able to do that checklist so that really ultimately your relationships can be something that glorifies god instead of tearing everybody apart well, and we're just going to be more influential. There'll be more promotions. I mean, if you stop and think about it, maybe in the short haul, you're not going to get what you want. But I will tell you that in the long haul, particularly in business, for instance, you're going to be honored 
uh, you're going to get promoted. When you operate this way, you become a trustworthy person. And truthfulness is the key to trustworthiness, and it just leads to success. And by the way, uh, businesses are saying they've got a major problem with this because so much of what's going on today is emailing, and people are interfacing with each other, and they're upset with each other. They're mad, and they let it rip, and it undermines the relationships. And business owners are saying they want these principles applied because it's just better for business, but it's also better for an individual and their own advancement. Uh, you violate these things, and you undermine your credibility because people feel like, you know what, I don't know if I can really fully trust this individual. Yeah, you can't. And what's funny is I've I've been hired recently with a very large oil company to do this very thing. They're 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 chaos with a a merger and and a splitting of two different entities and there's all this conflict around the feelings and how people are interacting. Yep. And well, and Seth, you asked the question earlier and and uh uh, what do you do if you hit send <laughs> and yeah. seconds afterwards you go, oh, no. <laughs> you know, and I think it, this culture is a very forgiving culture. And if you take the initiative and you get on it right away and say, no, I was wrong, you know, will you forgive me? And ask the question, will you forgive me? That uh, people are most often forgiving. Not everybody will be, but at least you've done the right and righteous thing. Mm -hmm. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to say, well, I wouldn't have said it had they not done this. I mean, we've all been through those kinds of mental gymnastics, and that's right. where the emotional intelligence comes through. Just own up to your 20%. Maybe they're 80% guilty. But, you know, if they're 80% guilty, they're simply not going to look at themselves. Instead, they're going to see you're 20%, and now you're continually on a cycle. And I would just say, you know, I was sorry. Will you forgive me? And it's in their court at this point, given that that was authentic. And it's as simple as that, and it's as difficult as that. Well, thank you so much, Emerson, for coming on the show today and just truly appreciate your wisdom and insight and just what you're, how you're helping people love each other better through Before You Hit Send. We actually have a link for your book uh, to purchase it on Amazon. So if you're listening, do not wait a single second to click on the link and uh, get Before You Hit Send. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate it so much. So once again, check out the show notes because we have a direct link that you can purchase before you hit send on Amazon. Don't forget, check out the website, smalleyinstitute.com, where you can purchase a lifetime membership to our library of online courses, all designed to help you build a better relationship today. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. You can find out more at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll free at 888-565-6462. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... 
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.